Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 28 Sparrows Drawn to Shirdi Sai Baba is not finite or limited. He dwells in all beings, from ants to insects to Brahman. He pervades all. Baba was well versed in the knowledge of the Vedas, as well as in the science of self-realization. As he was proficient in both of these, he was fit to be a sadguru. Even though a person is learned, if they are unable to awaken the disciples and establish them in self-realization, they do not deserve to be called a sadguru. Generally, the father gives birth to the body, and death invariably follows life. But the Sadguru does away with both life and death, so he is more kind and merciful than anyone. Baba often said whatever distance his devotee is, even if it is a thousand costs away from him, he will be drawn to Shirdi like a sparrow with a thread tied to its feet. This chapter describes the story of three such sparrows. Magnetized to Baba Lala Lakshmi Chan met Baba in 1910. In a dream he had a few months before Christmas, he saw an old man with a beard standing surrounded by his devotees. Some days later, he went to the house of his friend to hear the kirtan sung by Daskanu. It was always the practice of Daskanu to keep Baba's picture in front of the audience while singing. Lakshmi Chan was surprised to see that the features of the old man he saw in his dream were exactly like those in the picture. He came to the conclusion that the old man in the dream was Baba himself. The sight of this picture, Daskanu's Kirtan, and the life of Saint Tukaram, about which Daskanu discoursed, all made a deep impression on his mind, and he longed to go to Shirdi. It is always the experience of devotees that God helps them in their search for a Sadguru and in their spiritual endeavors. That very night, his friend Shankar Rao knocked at his door and asked him whether he would accompany him to Shirdi. His joy knew no bounds, and he immediately decided to go to Shirdi. He borrowed 15 rupees from his cousin, and after making preparations, left for Shirdi. In the train, he and his friend sang bhajans and talked about Baba with fellow passengers, four Muslims returning to their home near Shirdi who told them that Baba was a great saint who lived in Shirdi for many years. When they reached Kopagan, he wanted to buy some good guavas to offer to Baba, but he was so taken with the scenery and sights that he forgot to purchase them. When they were nearing Shirdi, 
he was reminded of the guavas. Just then, he saw an old woman with a guava basket on her head, running after the tanga. The tanga stopped, and he happily purchased some select fruits. The woman said, Take all the rest and offer them to Baba on my behalf. The encounter with the woman reminding him to purchase the guavas and her devotion to Baba were a surprise to both friends. Lakshmi Chan wondered if the old woman might be some relation to Baba. They drove on and came to Shirdi. Upon seeing the flags flying on top of the masjid, they saluted them. With puja materials in hand, they went to the masjid and worshipped Baba with due formality. Lakshmi Chand was very moved and extremely happy to see Baba. He was completely enraptured by Baba's feet, as a bee to a sweet-smelling lotus. Then Baba spoke. Cunning fellow, he sings bhajans on the way and then asks others. Why ask others? We should see everything with our own eyes. Where is the necessity to question others? Think for yourself whether your dream is true or not. Where was the necessity of taking a loan from a clerk for darshan? Is the heart's desire now satisfied? Hearing these words, Lakshmi Chand was wonderstruck by Baba's omniscience. He was at a loss to know how Baba knew about all the things that had happened en route from his house to Shirdi. One thing to note here is that Baba never liked people to go into debt to have his darshan, celebrate any holiday, or make any pilgrimage. Sansa At noon, when Lakshmi Chand was sitting for meals, he received some sansa, wheat pudding prasad, from a devotee. He was pleased to get it. The next day he expected it again, but got nothing and was anxious, hoping to have it again. Then on the third day at noon arti, Babu Sahib Jag asked Baba what Naivedia he should bring. Baba told him to bring Sansa. The devotees bought two big potfuls of Sansa. Lakshmi Chand was very hungry and also had some back pain. Baba said to him, It is good that you are hungry. Take some sansa and some medicine for the pain in your back. He was wonderstruck to see Baba read his mind again and speak his thoughts aloud. How omniscient Baba was. Evil Eye One night during this time, he witnessed the procession to the Chavadi. Baba suffered a lot from cough. Lakshmi Chand thought that the suffering by Baba might be due to someone's evil eye. Next morning, when he went to the masjid, Baba said to Shama, I suffered last night from cough. Is it due to some evil eye? I think that somebody's evil eye has worked on me, so I am suffering. 
In this case, Baba again spoke out loud what was passing through his mind. On seeing these proofs of Baba's omniscience and his kindness to Bhaktas, he fell at Baba's feet and said, I am much pleased by your darshan. Always be kind and merciful to me and protect me always. For me, there is no other God in this world except your feet. Let my mind ever be absorbed in singing your bhajans and in your feet. Let your grace protect me from the miseries of the world and let me always chant your name and be happy. After getting Baba's Udi and blessing, he returned home with his friend, much pleased and contented, singing of Baba's glory on the way. He remained a staunch devotee of Baba and always sent garlands of flowers, camphor, and dakshina with anyone that he knew was bound for shirdi. A Lady from Borampur Now let us turn to another sparrow. Baba's word meaning devotee. In a dream, a lady from Borampur saw Sai Baba coming to her door and begging Kichidi. On awakening, she saw no one was at her door, but she was happy with the vision and told it to her husband. He was employed in the postal department, and when he was transferred, both the husband and wife decided to go to Shirdi. After visiting Gomati Tirth on the way, they reached Shirdi and stayed for two months. Every day they went to the masjid, performed worship to Baba, and passed their time happily. The couple had planned to offer Baba Kichidi as Naivedia, but for the first fourteen days, for some reason or other, it could not be offered. The wife did not like this delay. On the fifteenth day, she came to the masjid at noon with her kichidi. There she found that Baba and the others were already sitting for meals, and the curtain was drawn. Nobody dared enter when the curtain was let down, but the lady could not wait. She threw up the curtain with her hand and entered. Strange to say that Baba seemed hungry for kichidi and had wanted it first thing. When she came in with the dish, Baba was delighted and began to eat mouthful after mouthful of kichidi. On seeing Baba's earnestness, everyone was wonderstruck, and those who heard the story of kichidi were convinced about the extraordinary love he had for his devotees. The Brahmin Mega now let's turn to the third and bigger sparrow. Mega was Sate's simple and illiterate Brahmin cook. He was a devotee of Shiva and always chanted the five-syllable mantra, Namah Shivaya. He did not know the Sandhya, a form of Vedic worship, nor its chief mantra, the Gayatri. Because Sate was interested in his welfare, he taught him about the Sandhya and the Gayatri. Sate told him that Sai Baba was the incarnation of Shiva and made him start for Shirdi. Sai Baba 
At the railway station, Mega learned that Sai Baba was a Muslim. His simple and orthodox mind was very disturbed at the prospect of bowing to a Muslim, so he prayed that his boss would not send him there. Sate insisted, however, that he go and give a letter of introduction to his father-in-law, Dada Saheb Kelkar, in Shirdi, to introduce him to Baba. When he reached Shirdi and went to the masjid, Baba was very indignant and would not let him enter. Kick out the rascal, roared Baba. You are a high-caste Brahmin and I am a low Muslim. You will lose your caste by coming here, so get away. Hearing these words, Mega began to tremble. He was wondering how Baba had come to know what was passing through his mind. He stayed for some days serving Baba in his own way, but still was not convinced. Then he went home. After that, he went to Triambakeshwara and stayed there for a year and a half then returned to Shirdi again. This time, through Dada Saheb's intervention, he was allowed to enter the masjid and stay in Shirdi. Sai Baba's help to Mega was not through any verbal instruction. He worked on Mega internally, and he was considerably changed and benefited. Mega began to look upon Sai Baba as the incarnation of Shiva, in order to worship Shiva, bella leaves are required, and Mega used to walk for miles and miles every day to bring them and worship his Shiva, Baba. His practice was to worship all the gods in the village, then come to the masjid, where after saluting Baba's seat, he worshipped Baba. After doing some service like shampooing his legs, he drank the water from Baba's feet. One day it so happened that he came to the masjid without worshipping Kandoba, as the temple door was already closed. Baba did not accept his worship and sent him back, saying the door was now open. Mega went, found the door open, and worshipped the deity, then returned to Baba as usual. Ganji's Bath On one Makara Sankranti day, Mega wanted to besmear Baba's body with sandal paste and bathe him with Ganji's water. At first, Baba was unwilling to undergo this, but finally, after many repeated requests, he consented. Baba had to travel a distance of over 18 miles round trip in order to get the sacred water from the Godavari River. He brought the water and made the preparations for the bath at noon and asked Baba to get ready for it. Then Baba asked him to be freed from his bath, saying that, as a fakir, he had nothing to gain from Ganji's water. But Mega would not listen. He knew that Shiva is pleased with the bath of Ganji's water and that he must give his Shiva, Baba, a bath on that auspicious day. Baba finally consented and came down and sat on a wooden board, stuck his head out and said, 
Omega, at least do me this favor. The head is the most important organ of all, so only pour water over that. It is equivalent to a full bath. All right, said Mega. Then he lifted up the water pot and began pouring it on Baba's head. He became so overwhelmed with love that he cried out, Hadigange, and emptied the pot on Baba's whole body. He put the pot aside and looked at Baba, and to his surprise and amazement, found that only Baba's head was drenched and his body was dry. Trishula and Shivalingam Mega worshipped Baba in two places, in person in the masjid and Baba's big picture in the wada. He did this for twelve months. To increase his devotion and strengthen his faith, Baba gave him a vision. Early one morning, Mega was lying awake in his bed with his eyes closed when he clearly saw Baba's form. Baba threw red rice grains and said, Mega, draw a trishula. Then Baba disappeared. Hearing Baba's words, he opened his eyes eagerly to see Baba, but instead he only saw the rice grains spread here and there. He then went to the masjid to see Baba to tell him all about his vision and asked permission to draw a trishula. Baba said, Did you not hear my words asking you to draw a trishula? It was not a vision but a direct order. My words are always pregnant with meaning and never hollow. Mega said, You woke me up but all the doors were closed so I thought it was a vision. Baba replied, I don't require a door to enter. I have no form nor any extension. I live everywhere. I act as the wire puller of all the actions of a man who trusts me and merges in me. Mega returned to the Wada and drew a red trishula on the wall near Baba's picture. The next day, the Ramadasi devotee came and saluted Baba and offered him a shivalingam. Mega turned up at the same time, and Baba said to him, See, Shiva has come. Worship him now. Mega was pleasantly surprised to see the shivalingam immediately following the drawing of the trishula. At the same time, Kaka Sahib was in the water standing with a towel on his head after having taken a bath and was remembering Sai, when he saw a shivalingam in his mental vision. While he was wondering about this, Mega came and showed him the shivalingam that was presented to him by Baba. Kakasaheb was happy to find out that the shivalingam was exactly the same as the one he had seen a few minutes before in his vision. A few days after the drawing of the Trishula, Baba installed the Shivalingam near a big picture which Mega was worshipping. The worship of Shiva was dear to Mega. It was by arranging the drawing of the Trishula and the installation of the Shivalingam that Baba strengthened his faith. In 1912, after serving Baba continuously, 
and doing regular worship and arti every noon and evening for many years, Mega passed away. Baba passed his hands over his corpse and said, This was a true devotee of mine. Baba ordered that the usual funeral dinner be provided to the Brahmins at his expense. The order was carried out by Kaka Sahib. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org